Today is Tuesday, June 18th. This is your Daily Perspective from Politics and Sea. I am Kirk Kovac here in Raleigh with Thomas Mills. Thomas, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks, Kirk. Well, just as we talked about yesterday, there was a new candidate in the U.S. Senate race on the Democratic side. So too today, Eric Mansfield jumped into the race, and I'll just open it up to you, Thomas. I know you wrote about that this morning. Right. Well, you know, North Carolina Senate primary got real interesting real fast. Eric had said he was uh, opening an exploratory uh, committee back in April, and then we didn't hear a ton from him, a few emails, and that was about it. I thought maybe he had lost interest, and then he jumped in uh, this morning. And it really makes the primary interesting because Eric and and Cal have very similar profiles. Um, You know, Cal's a a military guy or a veteran, and – Uh, Eric's a a veteran. They both served one term in the state Senate a while back. Uh, They both ran for statewide office, Eric for lieutenant governor, Cal for U.S. Senate. They both lost those uh, primaries. Um, They've built successful businesses, Cal with Waste Zero. Uh, Eric Mansfield's built a a very successful uh, iron nose and throat practice that's got offices in both Wake County and and Cumberland County. you know, they're, they're, they have very similar profiles uh, where Eric has a, a little bit of an advantage is the makeup of the electorate. In North Carolina, about 40 percent of the Democratic primary electorate is African-American. Uh, legislature passed a law a few years ago that if you could get 30 percent, you didn't have to um, go to a runoff. With four people in the race, you know, if if Eric can consolidate the African-American support, and that is a big if. Um, he, he goes in, he becomes formidable to, to, to beat him. And um, he'll have to show a few things to get there, though. First, he'll have to show that he can really put together a campaign that's disciplined, focused, and politically savvy. By being disciplined, a lot of that means staying on the phone and raising the money he's going to have to raise. We're going to have a huge primary turnout because of the Democratic presidential nomination. And uh, with a couple of million people voting, you're going to have to do some serious communicating to both get your message through and and, and reach the people. So, you know, Eric's got to put together that, that, uh, the money to get his message out. Um, Still, it, 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 bodes well um for for eric for for cal who's got deep connections eric kind of well he hasn't been totally uninvolved he hasn't stayed that involved in democratic politics he, he's you know I, I know he's stayed involved in in a lot of civic things and he's got some ties with within the democratic party but cal cunningham has stayed very close to the democratic uh, political establishment in the state and I'm assuming he will try to lock down a lot of those donors. Mansfield's job is going to either be able to, to get some of those donors to change their minds or find someplace else to go get the money. And that's, you know, that's doable in, in the environment we've got today. So it's going to be an interesting battle. Um, and I think that uh, it'll, it'll be good for the primary. I mean, it, it's going to keep us entertained anyhow. Gives us gives, gives us, us stuff a, to talk about. Yeah, exactly. It gives us somebody on the Republican side to watch and somebody on the Democratic side to watch, too. So for polit- political observers, it's a good day. Right. Well, I, I guess the big question 
is the timing of it. So obviously he had been mulling this run, um, and the same can be said for Cal. People had been openly talking about it for weeks, if not a couple months. Yeah. Do you think Eric felt like he had to jump in since Cal announced on Sunday? Because I know we talked about yesterday, Cal would have to post some pretty big numbers in fundraising just in the next few weeks. So do you think that forced his hand and Eric had to jump in so he can start calling people that um, otherwise Cal would have probably gotten money from? I think there's a good chance of that. It also could just be, you know, I mean, clearly that video was not something that was put together last night. Right. You know, so he had that in the can. It was made already. It was was ready to go. And uh, I guess the question was is when it was going to drop. You know, I I suspect that what Cal's been doing while we – I mean, I've been hearing for a few weeks that it was a definite that he was getting in. And my guess is what he was doing was lining up donors. So – once you know, he switched, they could just yeah. Donate. As soon as they, as soon as he turned on the switch, he, they could give money, and so he had it pouring in. I don't know whether Eric's been doing that or not, but but if he has, um, you know, he's in the same boat. You're going to see the money start flooding in. The big uh, question is going to be what do they show in the April in the June 30th report, which is coming up in what two weeks? And, yeah, uh, today's 18th, I think. So, so yeah, 12 days they've got to raise money. And look, Eric. I mean, it, I mean, the DSCC is not going to be impressed. The Washington political establishment is probably not going to be impressed if these guys aren't uh, posting figures somewhere around five hundred thousand dollars. I, I mean, if, if it's two hundred and fifty, they're going to kind of yeah. But if it's five hundred, they're going to sit up and take notice. The other thing, the question is, is Eric getting in? Does that make the DSCC sit out, or are they are they really behind Cal? I will tell you, I heard about five candidates tell me personally that the DSCC wanted them in the race. And I think the DSCC was telling anybody who came and talked to them that right. you're our guy, you're our girl, whatever. But They just wanted a candidate. They wanted a candidate. And um, they weren't going to discourage anybody. And the question is, is do they take a neutral stand and sit and wait and see, or do they try to force somebody's hand and get them out? I don't know. Um, I, the smart thing for them to do would be to just sit the whole thing out and be ready to to um, go in 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 March. Because here's the deal: if Cunningham is really their choice, and he can't beat Mansfield, it it means Mansfield's put together a type of campaign that they need to get behind in 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 March. If Cunningham's their choice and he does get the does beat Mansfield or or, or Fuller and Ingram. I mean, somebody said that Ingram seems to be, I mean, Smith uh, seems to be putting together a little bit of a campaign right now, though I have not seen any evidence of that. But, but you know, if Cunningham ends up beating everybody and, and coming out, um, you know, then, then uh, they've got the right, they got the right horse, but it doesn't, they're not going to gain anything by jumping too hard behind Cunningham. And then that, that does bring up one other around that, that African-American, uh, 40% of the vote being African-American, if, if, if Erica Smith and, and Trevor Fuller start to grant gain uh, ground, that, kinda, that, that, that can make that whole argument moot, and then it really does just become a free-for-all. Who can, who can put together 30% of the vote, and where does it all come from? Well, to your point, I know you had mentioned the DSCC aspect and whether or not 
DC Democrats really get too involved. I wonder your opinion on local Democrats getting involved in the primaries. I know uh, Cal tweeted that I believe Kay Hagan and her husband had endorsed him and that Jessica Holmes, who's running, uh, she will be running statewide. Uh, So how much does that carry weight inside the state when you have former uh, prominent Democrats and then current Democrats endorsing one candidate? I don't think it helps with voters. It helps with donors. You know, I've run enough campaigns to see that um, even politicians that have very high favorabilities endorsing somebody doesn't usually translate into votes. But when you're trying to create the aura that you're the most electable candidate um, to the donor class, and they're seeing endorsements from Hagan, endorsements from uh, uh, Holmes. Holmes, you know, it starts to give you a, 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 a bit of credibility. But people are sort of falling in line. Right. Well, to that same point, I, I believe we touched on it before, uh, before any of these two candidates had jumped in. But do you still believe that currently elected statewide officials, Roy Cooper, Josh Stein, those types will lay out uh, from endorsing anybody in this primary until it shakes out? Uh, there's no way they're endorsing anybody. They're staying out. I mean, I, I've, I've never seen an elect statewide elected official endorse anybody in a primary in my, in my life. So I can't imagine they'd start now. Okay, well, so then final final thought on that. Do you believe that the two candidates, uh, Erica Smith and, and uh, the guy from... Mecca, Trevor Fuller. Trevor Fuller. So do you think there's a point after which they they will jump out, or do you think it just depends? I mean, you can't maintain a, a realistic campaign if you're only raising $25,000. So I mean, how long do you think they could stand? Um, you know, I've seen people stay in forever. I mean, you know, people get very delusional about what they can do and what they can't do. And I'm not saying that's true of either one of these candidates. They, you know, Mecklenburg County is a big county. If, if, if Trevor Fuller could put together some sort of really impressive campaign, and Mecklenburg's also kind of a, 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 an outlier. It's never been, Raleigh's kind of tied to Eastern North Carolina. Charlotte's always kind of been tied to itself, but it's got such a big uh, chunk of Democratic voters, primary voters. You know, if he could get traction down there and really build an operation that could then, he would have something to leapfrog with. Erica Smith, for her part, she could really dominate the African-American vote down in uh, northeastern North Carolina. That's a big chunk of the Democratic primary, too. Um, and, and she's a state senator. You know, if you start seeing state senators fall in behind her, you know, both of them have potential. But, but they got to move fast. Now, now, now that you've got two guys that can both raise and probably put a little bit of their own money into this race— it puts a lot of pressure on the two of them to kick it up very fast to show that they can run with them. So then this is our actual final thought, regional differences. So Charlotte is always sort of an, an aberrant place in terms of politics because it is off to itself, whereas Raleigh obviously is a center in the state for the parties and things. So do you think that where these candidates are hailing from makes much of a difference. So Cal is not from Raleigh, but that's where he is now versus uh, Erica Smith in the Northeast. Does that play a lot of role in the primary? I think it it plays some. You know, I think uh, Mansfield should probably be able to consolidate his support in in, in Cumberland County. And 
that's big, you know, being able to get a lot of that, that vote. Cunningham, on the flip side, is from Burling, uh, um, Lexington. Right. And, you know, he, he can go try to make that argument to small-town North Carolina that, look, I'm a small-town guy just like you. And those people still play a role in the primary. And, uh, you know, Erica Smith really can. I mean, there are a lot of votes up there in that Northeast. Um, I mean, they make up basically a congressional district back over there. And, um, you know, she could she could consolidate that, and that becomes a a, a fairly powerful thing. I, I think where she has a problem is, is is Raleigh, the Raleigh media market, which stretches all the way down to Wilson and then almost to Greensboro, the other direction, uh, makes up about 45 46% of the Democratic primary vote. So if, if you're coming out of Raleigh, which... Um, to some degree, Cal and uh, Eric do, that gives you some a little bit of an advantage. Okay. Well, I think that's about as far as we can go today. So this is still, just like yesterday, Cal's was developing and now Eric is too. So we'll see. Um, do you think anybody else might jump in or do you think we have a full slate now? It's hard to guess. Hard to know. You know, I mean, Richard Moore was saying that as of Friday that he was considering it. Well, if you are going to jump in, I guess now would make the most sense if you're trying to raise money. Yeah. Seems and, like uh, those would eat up all the money. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has been your Daily Perspective from Politics NC. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.